to the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. We've got a special episode on tap for you today. We were going to talk about Wyoming and their game against Utah State last week, but that got canceled and that kind of derailed things. So we wanted to be able to wrap up the high school football season. It was truly a special one in the state of Wyoming this year. So we thought we'd do something special. It's coming out a little later than our normal episode would have come out. But uh, we've got interviews with state champion head coach Chad Goff and our favorite guy over at Kelly Walsh, Aaron McKelkey. So uh, we're going to talk to the head coaches from Cheyenne East and Kelly Walsh. Robert sat down with Cheyenne East head coach Chad Goff to talk about the season and everything that transpired. And then I sat down with Kelly Walsh head coach up here in Casper, and we talked about the Kelly Walsh season and how it was a little unexpected, but an incredible season nonetheless. And Honestly, they had that great quarterfinal win and just a remarkable season at Kelly Walsh this year. So that's a special episode we've got. We'll be back again this week with a full episode, hopefully previewing Wyoming football and uh, basketball is right around the corner. So hopefully we have a regular episode again this week. But first, here's Robert with Cheyenne East head coach Chad Goff. I asked you looking back on that game, and I kind of want to ask, looking back on the season, kind of what stood out to you the most throughout the season? Was it that weight room commitment? Could you tell the difference, or was it something else? You know, I just thought as a group of kids, they just came to get better every day, and um, they started understanding um, the concept of doing your job. You know, we go up to that first game at Thunder Basin, and uh, we lose, and we lose in the last couple minutes of the game. and. Um, you know, you break down that film and you see that your blocking wasn't great and that your tackling wasn't great. And those are the two biggest fundamentals in the game of football. And, and so we focused on that every day. We talked about that every day. And we talked about playing four quarters. And you go to that Natrona game the week after, and um, Caleb Romero does a great job and picks that ball off there at the end. And, and it takes all four quarters, all 48 minutes, all 11 guys on the field, you name it. And so they started to understand that uh, – all the little things that we're talking about. And then as you get going, um, we go up to Sheridan in that week five and uh, we win that football game. And that's, that's notoriously uh, a hard football game for us. We've not fared well in Sheridan in my career. And um, I think winning that game proved to them that uh, they are that team. Sorry. And uh, they just, I thought progressively, got better each and every week as much as our, our numbers were improving on everything, our yards, our offensive uh, production, our defense shutting people down. You know, we talked to them. If you want to be that team, when you play the teams that have, uh, that are struggling, do you play to their level? Or do you play to ours? And I would tell you, it's probably one of the first football teams that I ever have been around um, that I've coached to where, when they played teams that were struggling, they put them away early. And, and I, I think that's a sign of a good football team when they don't, they don't come in thinking, Oh, this is going to be an easy week or they don't, you know, they don't take time off in practice. They still work just as hard every week as they did 
going into Thunder Basin the first time and the last time. It was the same amount of intensity every day. It's just a group of great kids and great leaders. And I really felt like that first win against Sheridan proved to them that, hey, we're for real and, and uh, this is going to be a great ride. Talking about Sheridan, you guys beat Sheridan twice this season. Uh, how tough is that just in its, in its own? I mean, have you ever have you beaten Sheridan twice in the season before? Ah, uh, no, no. And believe me, they pointed that out to me at practice one night. It was kind of funny. That's that's part of their legacy. They helped me uh, double my wins against Sheridan in one year. They're pretty funny kids. Um, it's uh, it, it says a lot about these kids. You know, they just showed up to compete, and that's the one thing. You know, we talked about when you go play teams. Are you playing the team or the legacy? And and so. I told them we're just going to play a, a good football team. We're not playing their legacy. We're not playing the team that's the program that has sit there and won and won and won and won and that we struggle against. Just go play this football team and don't worry about the legacy. And I thought they responded to that uh, really well, especially in the playoff game, you know, understanding that we're not playing their legacy. We're playing this football team, this group of kids versus our group of kids that has nothing to do with the history. And so I really thought, you know, when they came out in that second time we played Sheridan, that was probably the fastest I've ever seen our offense go um, to start that game. Graden did such a great job of just spreading the ball around, um, scrambling, uh, sprinkling in some runs here and there. I just thought that first drive set the tone to that game and uh, and uh, truly I thought just helped us propel that, that W. So the All-State teams were released. Uh, you guys five All-State players on offense and five on defense. What, what, do you, what do you think that says about, I mean, the strength and the depth of your team on both sides of the ball? Well, you know, we did have good depth and we did have, we had good kids at each position. And uh, so with that, it was a tough room. Uh, when you go up there and you vote all that stuff, you go up and you and you start out in your all-conference room and you start out with, uh, you're in the room with, the teams that finished the season with the odds. So we it was one, three, five, seven, nine. That's how that's how you know what room you're going into. Well, then you get up there, and it's still obviously the same guys, but that's not how the season finished. You know, we finished essentially with one, two, four, five, and nine, and so it was a tough room. And and uh, for our kids to fare like they did, I was pleased. Um, I wish we could have got more. There's no doubt about that. But uh, it was probably one of the hardest rooms that I've ever been in my 15 years just because you're in that same room with the, the team that took second place and you're in the same room with the team that finished uh, in the semifinals and you're, a team, you're in there with a the team that beat all the other teams in the other room except one, you know, and so it was, a, it was a hard room and so for our kids to come out of there was super awesome, um, but do I feel like uh, we had some deserving kids not get it? I think that probably happens every year. Uh, but the numbers are the numbers, and uh, but I was super pleased. I, I feel like every kid that got it deserved it, and uh, I was happy for those kids to, to see their hard work um, pay off. And uh, I was excited for every kid that got uh, any any mention in there because, like I said, it was a it was a tough room. You know, we go in there, and and you got the number two team in the state finish wise right there, and and you got Kelly Walsh who had a played a great game in the quarterfinals. We got in the semifinals. You play rock, you got rock springs in there and that's not easy. That's a good football team. And so, uh, it was a tough room, but I thought our kids, uh, stood out well. Yeah, absolutely. You got Graydon and 
Julian, offensive defense player of the years. I mean, pretty huge. So this is this is your third state title as the head coach at East. Um, is there anything that separates this from the others? And if so, what is it? Well, it's, it's hard because it's you know it's been seven years. I would tell you when uh, when you win a state title, there's so much good going on. There's so much that has to happen in order for that to 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 work. You have to get uh, you have to be healthy at the right time. And I thought we we got healthy at the right time. The last few years we got unhealthy at the wrong uh, at the wrong time. You know, um, so we were healthy. Uh, we had great leaders, great kids. Uh, I guess the separation would be the dedication of this team uh, was truly remarkable. Like I said, the offensive line percentage was above 90, 96%. And I talk about the umbrella around them, um, all the receivers and the running backs and the quarterback, that was above 90% too. So our offense was so invested. Um, and a lot of those kids play both ways. So our defense was, was very invested into what we do. And um so as far as they're all special, there's no doubt about it. Um, the banquets are awesome because, when, like I said, when you win, when you win a state championship, there's so much good going on. And uh, so the banquet was cool to recognize all those kids and all the good that was going on. When you're blessed with the character of kids that we got, it's it's it's, it's fun to talk about them and and how they impact other people's lives, um, how they've impacted them in the school, what they mean to the school. Um, so it's hard to say that one's more special than the other because in that, in that time frame, it's about as special as it can be. But it was the same way in 2013 and 2007. Those were special kids and, and uh, that did good things. And so I would hate to – I don't want to say that this one was the best by any means. It's just a special opportunity and it's a special moment, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Is there anything that kind of surprised you this season? A player, maybe um, a game? What, what, what was the biggest surprise to you this season? Well, it's hard to say surprise. I guess I, I guess the thing that impressed me, some of the things that impressed me the most, I thought uh, and questions were answered uh, very well by kids. I thought Caleb Romero stepped in at the cornerback position and and uh, he was in the hot seat. We were we were looking for that guy to fill that other spot, and I thought he just stepped up and, and did a great job all year for us. And and so I was super happy for that kid. Um, other things that happened, you know, it's I've always been not a very big advocate for sophomores playing because in my in my tenure, it's always been if you're playing sophomores, you're struggling a little bit. And I thought that uh, Garrett Schlabs and Keegan Bartlett stepped in as sophomores and, and competed well for us and in positions that we had some question marks as well. And so um, those were those were awesome things to see for those kids. I would never say surprised. I would just say uh, that I was truly impressed with how they stepped up and did some great things. And as far as games, like I said, you know, I think, I think when you come out of that first game with a loss in the last two minutes and you preach to the kids that it takes 48 minutes to win and then you pick a ball off in the last drive of, uh, of the game, to, to seal the deal and that proves that point um, that kind of just happened at the right time. And it just made those kids believe that we got to practice the full practice. We got to, we got to play every play, you know, and how every little thing mattered. And it just kind of drove that point home the very next week. And so a lot of things, 
went well for us. There's no doubt about it. But I think when you work hard, things are going to go well. And those kids, uh, they worked hard. I kind of just want to ask you about Graydon because, I mean, he's probably the best high school quarterback I've seen play in person. And I just kind of want to ask you, where, where did you see him grow the most from last season to this season? You know, what I talked to Graydon about in the, in the off season was, if you look at the, the previous years, we were throwing to one and two guys. And if you want to be a thrower, and that's what we want to do, you got to spread the ball out so people can't just cover one and two guys. And I think the growth was he just picked people apart with his receivers, you know. Um, he spread the ball out. He had his outside receiver, Jake Rail, just do such a great job this year in understanding his routes and uh, getting open and then uh, – you know, he was the leading receiver on our football team. He did a great job. And so building that trust with those guys and having Jackson Hesford come back, who was the second receiver last year, um, and just so hard to cover across the middle. It can do so much with the fly sweep and the bubbles. Um, having that and understanding and trusting that and then having the two young guys step in and Gavin um, running the other slot position and being able to kind of be our utility guy and line up in tight end, attached, unattached in a hip position and be able to set blocks on the edge and do that. And then having Garrett Schlabs um, do a ton of great things uh, with his route running, his blocking only as a sophomore. I thought he just started to build that trust with all four of his receivers. And then to, to add to it, you know, he just worked and KP worked so hard to become a better blocker at running back and truly became a really good pass catcher out of the backfield for us. And just grading, or I'm sorry, grading, just trusting those guys and understanding that let me get them the ball and see what they can do with it, I think made us such a better uh, offense. And him putting it's kind of unheard of to put all four of your starting receivers in the top 10 in the state. And he did that. And so his growth was one spreading the ball out and two trusting the run. Like he became such a good runner this year. And I, he kind of sprinkled a little bit of that in last year after he felt a hundred percent on that ankle. I thought towards the end of last season, he did a really good job finishing the year running the ball. And then this year I thought he just had, had no fear with it and just did such a great job. There were so many times we sit, you know, in the game plans, it was like, Hey, if you see this set on their defense, here's your two checks. And, and one of those checks was always to him and he was not afraid to call that check. And he did a great job of just seeing that. And there's a lot of times he just checked to those plays after, you know, essentially audible to those plays, depending on what the defense was doing. So his understanding of the defense was tremendous this year. Um, just like I said, his growth and just spreading the ball out to all of his receivers and uh, trusting all them. And then his trust for those guys up front. Graydon is a big time guy that will sit in the pocket and let those route, routes develop. And he just trusted those linemen to stay there and, and do that. And then um, his ability to continue to see it as he got, as he was scrambled was uh, really good. Yeah. Spreading the ball around. You touched on Jackson, Jake, and Gavin, those guys earned all state honors the wide receiver position. Speaking of Gavin, um, I know Aragon, I know he's a Josiah Aragon, I know he's a senior, so he won't be back next year. But are you going to make Gavin run a couple extra 40s for that Gatorade shower, that drenched gift? Wasn't that cold? <laughs> uh, you know what? Actually, the coat I had on, I think it's made out of old tires. It's so thick that 
he told me after he hit me with that, uh, it bounced off me and, and it landed on all over his shoes. So I wasn't, it got my hoodie wet, but other than that, my coat, it just dripped off my coat. So it wasn't too bad this year. I know. I saw that and I was like, oh man, that has to be cold. Anyway, <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll wrap it up with this question. Just what are you up to this off season? What's this off season looking like for coach golf? I just talked to some of the players today and I said, as soon as we get the winter sports going and everything's in a roll, like I don't ever want to interfere with other people's things. As soon as we get going and stuff, we'll find a time to meet some of those, uh, meet with some of those uh, returning starters and, and uh, talk about uh, what we need to be able to do for next year to continue this. Uh, We got really good kids coming back. I think, I think we got kids that are ready to step up, no doubt. Um, and so it's always exciting trying to, to build. This is we're graduated a lot of good kids, you know, and so um, figuring out that offensive line will be challenging. There's no doubt when you graduate five seniors, uh, that will be challenging. Replacing Jake and Jackson will be hard. Uh, those are two good wide receivers. And so we got to make sure we got kids believing they can do it and, and uh, showing up to do the work. And so it's just a matter of, finding those off-season leaders to uh, get this team going. And so as far as the football off-season, it's, it's, it's the, it's, that's the grind. You know, that's what we'll be doing. As far as myself, I'll go into coaching a little bit of girls basketball for a while and try not to think too much about it and, and uh, give myself some time off when it comes to the, the mind stress that goes along with it. But uh, same old, same old when it comes to the off-season. Awesome. Well, Thank you very much, Chad. I, you bet. Uh, David and I appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. Bye, buddy. We'll get to t- talk to you soon. Okay, we'll talk to you later, bud. Great chat there with Cheyenne East head coach, Chad Goff. Appreciate the time he took out of his day to talk with me. Congrats again to him on winning his third state championship as head coach at East. Now... We go to David talking to Coach Aaron McKelkey from Kelly Walsh High School. And I hope you guys enjoyed the talk with uh, Coach Goff and hope you guys enjoy this talk with Coach McKelkey. I am joined now by the head coach of the football team here in Casper over at Kelly Walsh. We are big fans of his on the program. We've been following along with his squad all season. They came to a valiant close in the semifinals. Coach Aaron McKelkey. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me on. It's certainly a pleasure to have you on. We had Trent Walker on the podcast over the summer, and it kind of became a theme that any of the high school kids – if you if you came on the the podcast, you ended up having a pretty good season, whether it was coach, player. So let's just start there. You guys had a pretty remarkable season. What were your expectations exactly heading into this year? Well, I mean those are those are always tough to to quantify, but with everything else going on and the crazy off season, that further complicated that. Uh, task, but I mean, we, we expected to build on last year and improve. Um, it's always hard to say, you know, this many wins or this round of the playoffs, but definitely to, uh, to have a better win loss record than we did last year. Um, and I think 
all things considered, we were not happy with how we performed in that semifinal game. But to get there, that was definitely a big step forward for our program. We'll get to that semifinal game again here in a little bit. But let's go back. You mentioned a crazy offseason. What what was it like just coaching this season? And what were you telling your guys with everything that surrounded it? Well, I mean, we are big big believers in not complaining and trying to find opportunities and adversity. And hopefully that's something kids take away from our football program that they carry with them the rest of their adult life. So we, we just tried to say, how can we use this to our advantage? And in a weird sort of way, we ended up more prepared and better aligned and our kids understood both the playbook scheme side of things and the culture leadership side of things a lot better than year one when there was no pandemic and there was no staying at home being on the zoom meetings. Um, so we just tried to work with our kids. We did uh, remote meetings twice a week in the afternoons, optional. Um, one day a week was the, the scheme side and film and techniques. And the other day a week was all about leadership stuff. And we kind of have a, leadership class that our guys go through. Um, so we, I, I attribute a lot of our success to our kids buying in and, and putting in that work in the dark when we couldn't come into the weight room, we couldn't have camp, we couldn't do anything face-to-face together for about four months there until we got to do some light workouts. So it was different, um, but I think our guys are very flexible they were hungry more than anything they just wanted to kind of be together even if it was on a screen that was better than not at all and they did a great job taking advantage of those technology resources that we had holding zoom meetings and non-face-to-face meetings is definitely not in the football coach 101 so what was it like for you adapting to that well, I know what their attention span is because I work with them. That's my day job, you know, <laughs> try to get 16 to 18 year old kids to pay more attention to me or, or what I'm teaching than Snapchat buzzing their phone. And that's a losing battle some days, but it's even harder when they're at home and can just turn off their screen or mute their mic. We all know, cause we've been in those same boring meetings and done that to our bosses. But, um, yeah, it made us change and, and be adaptable. Um, trying to, we brought in some guest speakers. That was one thing we did. So it wasn't just me and it wasn't just our coaches talking. And then we tried to put some things on kids and let them lead pieces of that. Um, and then use a lot of examples and a lot of cutups and video. So it wasn't just talking. Cause that's, that's something that kids are going to tune out after about two to five minutes. Usually it seems like so just trying to make it fun and be consistent and give guys who are hungry for it a a way to, to get better while we couldn't do much else. You mentioned guys that were hungry for it. Your quarterback, Trenton Walker was certainly hungry for it. You spotlighted him for us over the summer. He had a, an incredible season. What, what is, what do you make of him after this year? You know, it's hard to pick one thing. But I'd start with he's a guy that's improved from one year to the next uh, as much or more than anybody I've ever worked with as long as I've been a coach or been around the game of football. I mean, to be honest, 
he was uh, of the guys who played meaningful varsity time at quarterback last year in 4A. He was, I don't know if he was the worst, but I mean, he was bottom, bottom tier for sure. And had a lot of, a lot of things we struggled at with it as, as a team and guys around him weren't great either, but I mean, he was not setting the world on fire. And then you, you look at it on paper and go, so he didn't get any spring ball. He didn't get any camps. We didn't get to really organize any passing leagues. It's not really a recipe for a guy to come back and shock us with how much he improved, but that's exactly what he did. I think the best little anecdote to, to demonstrate that was the first play of the game, uh, week zero. He just pulled an 80-yard run and busted it for a touchdown on our base play, and we all looked at each other, and we all thought the same thing. Probably, you know, the people in the stands thought it as well, but I know our coaches and kids on the sideline did, and we just said, hey, it's a different trend. Like, he is a new man this year. And he played like it. Um, and so that was just awesome to see the hard work that he put in. And he organized and led a lot of stuff on his own that we couldn't really be a part of and couldn't push with other kids. You just have to be happy for a guy like that to have success because he's earned it. He's a ultra high character guy. He's a great student. He's a great leader. He's put in the time, a lot of it on his own to improve both in the weight room and, and speed explosiveness, but also his throwing technique and polishing up his mechanics in the off season. He, uh, he really invested in himself and his teammates and it paid off big because I think, you know, dual threat wise, he was the best quarterback in four a, there's definitely uh, a guy or two that were better passers and, and one guy, maybe two that were more of a pure runner, but in terms of doing both well and, and scrambling, but also throwing the deep ball, I think he was the best balance of those. And so I think he really moved up from, you know, the ninth or 10th guy to, to one of the top quarterbacks in the state, the way he performed. And he also made guys around him better through our offense and getting the ball to the right guy based on the situations and the matchups. He, he did a great job of that. Man, it's great to hear you say that about a kid who, you had a lot of faith in coming into the season and for a guy who put in a lot of hard work, like you said, so to see all of that pay off this year, it was truly something special. What are some of the special moments that you'll never forget from this season? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think getting to play just the very first game had a very different feeling with everything going on in the world. And I think at that time, Wyoming had to be one of only, I don't know, three to five states who were playing high school football. Um, and the first game's always exciting. And there's the new season and the what ifs and the how good could we be. And that's always there. And that's, that's fun. But to just say, wow, it's so special that we get to be here and do this, given how many guys and, the world really that haven't got to have their sports seasons or a lot of high school programs were delayed or pushed to the spring. So that was a, that was a very meaningful experience for me personally. Um, in terms of in game moments, you know, with six seconds left, Trent led a two minute drive down the field. We were down four to rock Springs with two minutes and six seconds left. We practice two minute drills every week and man, he just, he did a great job and, and we were down inside the red zone with six seconds left from 
some people might have questioned our, our play calling, but we took one shot at the end zone, um, and he delivered a perfect ball to Dom Jar, our big play receiver, uh, on a fade who just jumped up over the defender and grabbed it with six seconds left and won that game with that walk-off pass. That was pretty awesome just to have our guys come back. You know, part of the culture we're trying to build is recovering quickly from mistakes, and we had just given up a, a score with two minutes left. And I think the old Trojan way just be shut down and go, well, it's over. And, and Trent and the offense just marched right down the field methodically and found a way to win at the end. That was, that was awesome. I think it was the most excited our fans and our sideline has been since I've been at Kelly Walsh. And then I'd also say, you know, the quarterfinal game, um, winning that, the locker room, we told our guys, one of my messages to them after they got done banging on the lockers and dancing and all that stuff was, that's a priceless feeling, you know, multimillionaires cannot buy the feeling of being in a locker room with a group of guys that you've worked your butt off with for months, some of them years together and go out and do something like that, that nobody gave us a shot. And people probably tried to discredit afterwards and, and make excuses for how we, you know, got lucky or the draw or the other team or reseed the bracket, all sorts of excuses. And, just to say, hey, this is this is a great feeling. Enjoy it. Um, some of you guys may not get to do this again. Like it's an awesome, awesome thing. It's priceless. That was huge. Um, and I, I think those are probably the big three for me. Um, there, there are a lot of other memorable ones, but all together, I, I also think just getting to finish the season. You know, Wyoming got to have a, the state championship last week and. In our classification 4A, we didn't have any games canceled. We had our Laramie game got pushed back and changed the venue because of forest fires. But other than that, nothing got canceled or delayed. And so just feeling very fortunate that we got a chance to play a full season when very, very few states have been able to do that. I think us in Utah are the only two I know of. There might be a few others, Idaho maybe. Um, so just to get to play a whole season with these seniors who've worked so hard is an awesome feeling. Yeah, I remember that beginning of the season. It was it was pretty cool to be able to cover that and say, "Hey, Wyoming's they're kicking off. They're not waiting around. They're they're going to do this thing." So, I do remember that. You mentioned those seniors. What are you going to miss most about that group? You know, I think collectively they're a bunch of scrappy underdogs that have been told what can't be done and, and kind of how impossible things are or how good they're not. And, uh, definitely been a smaller class just in terms of numbers and also physical stature. And I couldn't be more proud of them investing in our program with all the time and effort. Again, a lot of that was on their own. It wasn't us sitting there with the clipboard, taking attendance, having camps and, things we organized they did a lot of stuff on their own a lot of guys are setting up makeshift gyms in their garage and trying to find somebody who has a weight set so they could get some kind of lift in um and, and rather than listening to all the people who told them why kelly walsh can't be good and why their class is, is not one that's going to turn the tide and change things and raise the bar they undoubtedly did that and so 
it's one thing to do it, but I think when they've been told how impossible that is their whole career, uh, to be able to do that, it's got to feel even more special knowing how many guys said that was never going to happen. So I just, I, I think they're just scrappy, they're underdogs and they found a way to make things happen. Uh, when a lot of people on the outside couldn't see that path forward, they just went out and found one. So that's, that's what I'd say about them as a class collectively. You've talked about the culture at Kelly Walsh and how it was one thing, and you've certainly been able to change the narrative surrounding that. You guys reached the semifinals this year. What can you say about what you've been able to accomplish at Kelly Walsh? And just tell me a little bit about that semifinals game. Well, I... <clears throat> our kids get all the credit, you know, they're the ones making the tackles and the catches and the blocks. But I, I do think it starts with our coaching staff as a whole. We have a, a group of men, number one, that are just great guys and high character guys that lead by example for our kids, not on what they say, but how they carry themselves and what they do. And I think that's been a huge part of our focus these two years is to build that up and, get us aligned as the men in the room. One of our sayings is we can't expect high school kids to rise above the behavior of the adults in the room. I mean, we're paid professional adults. And so we got to, we got to lead the way in all those things that we ask our kids to do every day. And our, our assistant coaches, the whole staff did a great job of that. And that's what helped get us aligned in the locker room and with our kids. But in terms of the culture, you know, I think it's just a battle of trying to break old habits and maybe the the way that our guys used to see themselves or what they heard in the hallway. I've heard everything from, you know, the band is better than the football team and, you know, you're not even the best team in your own town and and all all these other things. Some of them are PG-13 and probably not appropriate for your podcast. Um, but to try to get our kids to see themselves in a different light and, and instead of focusing on why it can't be done, how can we get it done? And so I think the semifinal appearance and the, and the big, I, I thought pretty dominant quarterfinal win was a huge, huge change in direction for our program. More than wins, losses, standings, anything like that, just, for kind of our self image and to get our kids to believe in what we're doing and our coaches to believe in what we're doing, you know, to be up 28 zero in the fourth quarter at the number two team in the state. I don't think anybody gave us a chance to even compete. Um, that was, that was pretty awesome of our kids and we knew they could play that well all year. It was just, that was the game. We kind of got all the pieces to, to come together at the right time and peak um, but that was an awesome feeling. I think we surprised everybody except the people in green and white that night, which that's always fun when you're the underdog. That's kind of your job is to shake things up and make it interesting. But uh, it was really our kids believed and, and embraced their role, and our coaches had a great game plan. Our defense played outstanding. It was by far the best our defense played all year. They they had so many weapons on offense. Cheyenne Central, that – uh I don't think anybody gave us a chance to even contain them, let alone, you know, hold them scoreless through most of the game. But our guys did that. Our offense had some big plays. And then, you know, the O-line guy's dream is just getting your goal line offense and just bash their brains out running 
unbalanced ISO, like everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run the same play over and over again, but they can't stop it. They just keep doing it. Um, that was really fun, and, and our kids enjoyed that, especially our O-line and our backs. So I, I think that was big, and, and I couldn't have been more proud of how our kids performed on that big stage. They were not intimidated by the, the standings or the seed by our, you know, the number seven by our name versus the number two next to our opponents. And you don't have to be better than them. 365 days a year, you just got to be better than them for 48 minutes on one night, and we definitely were that night. Yeah, that that quarterfinals appearance win by you guys was certainly impressive, and it shocked a whole lot of people across the state. So definitely a ton of props for that and something that you can hold your hat on going into this offseason. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Coach, but – I want to know, what are your off-season plans? I mean, you got to probably take a little bit of a break from football, but uh, what do you got going this off-season? Then we'll wrap things up here. Yeah, well, that's what my wife told me last week anyways that I needed to do. Um, she's probably right. <laughs> but I think uh, being, being adaptable, because normally we'd say, okay, here's the weight room and the off-season training stuff and how we're going to do things. But so much of that is up in the air. And so, I mean, right now it's, uh, it's really evaluating some big picture objectives and goals that we've had and, and saying, what do we need to, to add, get rid of, change to, to keep moving the needle on those things. Um, staying connected with our kids is big. It's, it's tough, but we're lucky that we're still in school face to face and get to see those guys every day. So pushing them to be multi-sport athletes. We have some great athletic programs at Kelly Walsh in a lot of ways. Uh, our boys sports are pretty dominant and we're trying to get football to join the club. That's one of our, our big goals, but pushing our kids to swim, run indoor track, to wrestle, to play basketball. They have a lot of choices as a and two different ski teams they can be on. And so just trying to encourage kids to be active and be competitors, no matter what sport that is. And a big part of the blueprint here is we got to get faster. We, we just don't have big kids and we'll feed them protein shakes and encourage them to load up on protein at Sam's club. But we're not going to be the biggest team. I think every night, except maybe one this season, we were the smaller team on the field, but, we believe we can get our guys to be faster and, and more explosive. And so we're trying to develop a plan to, to do that with our kids and get our athletes in space and feature them. So that's sort of the long-term blueprint for us to win football games. It's not to just line up and physically beat people. That's not going to happen against the top teams in the state. Um, and, and another big one is, quality time with our family you know our kids and our wives all of us coaches have put in this has been a long season with no break at all so kids need that too um to kind of reconnect and make sure they're taking care of things at home and in the classroom but it's also that time where you start getting excited about next year and some little wrinkles and things you can do to feature your kids coming up so that's the focus right now well thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about this past season. It was an incredible season and certainly looking forward to next season. Head coach at Kelly Walsh, Coach Aaron McKelkey. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you, David. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with interviews with 
Cheyenne East head football coach Chad Goff and coach Aaron McKelkey, the head coach at Kelly Walsh High School up here in Casper. We really appreciate both guys' time and congratulate them on tremendous seasons. Both teams, both schools had impressive seasons and congratulations especially to Cheyenne East for coming out on top and winning the state title this year at 4A. So a special congratulations to them. And remember, we'll be back with our regular podcast type later on this week, hopefully with YO Sports' Michael Katz, but we'll see what we're able to cook up talking a little bit about Wyoming football and basketball. So please remember, if you enjoyed this episode, to rate, review, subscribe to the pod. It means so much to Robert and myself and everybody else over at YO Sports. It's truly a treat to be able to do this every week and talk to you Wyoming sports fans. So we really appreciate all the support and especially the support of those who donate at the link in the description. It it means the world to me and Robert and we just, we really appreciate everybody. So we thank you for that. Remember if you want to follow Robert on Twitter, it's at our Munoz three Oh seven. And I myself am at Mr. David Graff. And shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll talk to you again later this week. Just